Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. We dive into stories of true crime, from unsolved cold cases to historic kidnapping to gangsters and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lace. And on today's episode of Murder Monday, we dive into the murder on Cove Mountain. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Audible, for sponsoring this episode. Audible is a massive library of audiobooks from every genre. They've got everything from the latest bestsellers to those old classics you've always wanted to read, but just never got around to it. And they've got a huge range of genres. Romance, mystery, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever floats your boat. If you want a free three-month trial and audiobook of your choice, head on over to audibletrial.com slash Larry21. And now on to today's topic. Jeffrey Hood, 26, from Signal Mountain, Tennessee, and Molly LaRue, 25, from Shaker Heights, Ohio, were the kind of people you would want to meet in life, and especially on the Appalachian Trail. They were friendly, knowledgeable, and gentle souls. People who just read the couple's comments left in shelter notebooks were excited to catch up with them to have the chance to chat and share a few miles of hiking together. The couple had met in Salina, Kansas, where they worked with at-risk young people through a church-sponsored program. They would help these kids deal with their troubles by being surrounded by nature. The two social workers had found out that they were about to be laid off, 
So they started to think about what it was they wanted to do next. The idea that came to them was to hike the Appalachian Trail. This would give them the chance to spend time together and to figure out what they wanted to do next in life. If you're going to hike the whole trail, you'll need to either start in Georgia or Maine and then head north or south. Jeffrey and Molly started in Maine, which only 1 in 10 people choose to start on that end. Starting their planned six-month-long journey on June 4, 1990, they started in Maine. They hiked along at their own pace, taking plenty of time to snap pictures and enjoy the beauty of nature that surrounded them. A common thing for hikers to do is sign in on trail log books along the way. Hikers would write notes to those that would come after them, Leave thanks to those who kept the trails up and just shared their experiences. Hikers usually used a trail name, a handle, to identify themselves. Jeffrey used Clevis, and Molly went by Nalgene. In a poem that Molly left in Maine, she signed Nalgene. Last evening, I whispered, I think there's less bugs. This morning, bring on the slugs. Through the roof of our tent, I see their familiar sludge. The stuff that resembles butterscot fudge. Squish between my toes and my sandal. Yuck. This is something I just can't handle. On September 11th, 1990, they had made it to Duncannon, Pennsylvania. They were only days away from their halfway mark. On this night, they would stay in the Trailside Doyle Hotel. Most nights, they stayed in their tent or in one of the wooden shelters along the trail. So the $11 a night room they got at the Doyle might not have been a five-star hotel, but it must have seemed like it to the two hikers who hadn't actually slept on a mattress for months now. As they unpacked their stuff and most likely stretched out on bed, they called their parents, ate pizza with some other hikers, and had a chance to collect their mail they had sent to them. The next day, they headed back out on the trail, making it as far as Thelma Mark's shelter on the top of Cove Mountain. The shelter itself was a three-sided lean-to, which sat about 30 feet from the trail. Surrounded by birch, poplar and oak trees, this is the last place they would ever stay on the trail, or in life. Early on the morning of September 13th, most likely while the couple was asleep in their sleeping bags, they were attacked. From the crime scene investigation, we can piece together what had happened to the couple. Jeffrey was shot three times with a 22 caliber pistol to the head, back, and abdomen from a distance of about four feet away based on gunpowder residue at the scene. As the biggest threat, he was most likely assaulted first. Molly was tied up, her hands bound with a rope looped to her neck. She was raped before being stabbed to death. The killer stabbed and slashed her neck, throat, and back eight times with an eight and three-quarter inch double-edged blade. It would be determined that both victims didn't die immediately, but several minutes later, after they bled out from their wounds. The couple would be found later that day by fellow hikers who called themselves the Lone Moccasins, Cindy, Cindy and Brian Bowen. They were looking to go into the shelter when Brian spotted the carnage and stopped his wife, Cindy, from going any further. It can be seen that Molly was face down in a pool of blood with her hands tied behind her back. Jeffrey, partially naked, clutching a white shirt in his hand with a visible gunshot wound to his back. It's estimated they had been dead 12 to 16 hours when found. The lone moccasins quickly headed back to Duncannon, the closest town, to report the crime. After talking to locals and those hiking the trail, the police were able to put together a person of interest description of someone they needed to find. The composite was for a rough-looking, unkempt white guy that had been seen carrying two red Marlboro gym bags. He had been wearing jeans and work boots and described as not looking like he belonged on the trail. 
On September 21st, only eight days after the brutal rape and murders, two hikers saw someone of interest. They spotted a hiker that not only fit the description, but was wearing Jeffrey's backpack and boots. They reported him to the National Park Service. He was stopped as he attempted to cross the Harpers Ferry around 8 p.m. on Friday night. It was the weekend that Jeffrey and Molly had planned to meet their parents in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia, to celebrate their halfway mark of hiking the Appalachian Trail. They had also hinted at something else during one of their phone calls home. Their families speculated that it might be an engagement announcement. The man that was detained for questioning gave the name of David Casey Horn and that he was from Loris, South Carolina. That was quickly determined to be a lie. He was actually Paul David Cruz, and he had a warrant out for his arrest in Florida. He had been on Florida's most wanted list since 1986, where he was indicted for a murder he committed in Bartow. Paul David Cruz was a man who seemed to falter at everything he attempted to do. In 1972, he joined the Marines. In 1973, he got married, later in the same year attempted suicide, went AWOL from the Marines, and was subsequently discharged. In 1974, he got divorced for the first time. In 1977, showing up in Indiana, he met his second wife, who would recount how one night he climbed in behind her in bed, held a bayonet to her throat. That marriage also ended in divorce. By July 3rd, 1986, authorities were sure he killed a woman who had given him a ride. They also didn't think it was his first kill. After finding her body, they charged him on the 7th of July with her murder. But Cruz was already long gone in her car. He drove to North Carolina to his brother's. From there, his brother helped him escape capture with a ride out of town and some money. Cruz bounced around hitchhiking, taking buses and walking, till he made his way on the Appalachian Trail on September 11, 1990. After his arrest for the Thelma Marks shelter killings, the police started to make their case. Cruz made it easy for them in the way of evidence. He had been arrested wearing Jeffrey Hood's backpack, boots, and watch. He was also still carrying the two murder weapons, the knife he used to kill Molly with, and the twenty-two caliber Winchester pistol he used to shoot Jeffrey. His DNA was linked to semen found on Molly's body. He had also left belongings of his in the shelter and further down the trail. The red gym bags he had previously been carrying. The trial started on May 15, 1991. The prosecutors called 60 witnesses and submitted to the jury 158 pieces of evidence. Witnesses called, uh, called place crews on the trail the day before and after the murders, all of them referencing how they could, couldn't help but notice because he looked out of place. The prosecutor gave evidence that showed the gun found on Cruz's test fired to match the bullets removed from Jeffrey's body. Looking for leniency, a psychiatrist that had visited with Cruz for four hours said that at the time of the murders, Cruz was drunk on whiskey and high on cocaine and not able to realize what he was doing, and was now regretful. His ex-wife Karen Brock countered that with her testimony about Cruz, he could drink two quarts of Georgia moonshine and still shoot pool straight. With all this information, the jury needed only 49 minutes to deliberate before returning with their verdict guilty on two counts of first-degree murder, giving Cruz two death sentences. Later, the state of Pennsylvania would commute these two sentences to life in prison. He is currently being held at the Fayette Prison. A quote by Molly LaRue's mother, Jeff and Molly were murdered in God's Cathedral. She spoke of the beautifulness of the trails. 
If someone were murdered in God's cathedral, then murder could be committed any place. Let us know your thoughts on this case in the comments section below. As always, subscribe to the channel, give us a thumbs up if you like our video, and if you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash tcns. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, pay them, and hopefully take this show on the road one day. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening, and we will see you next time. You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleeps. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.